2: a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
3: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is
4: what's going Hi. on y'all my name is dope Knight. and y'all are listening to waiting on reparation
5: hurry up hurry up Just cancel that student debt oh,
4: shit for real oh shit speaking of student debt oh man that's like the perfect setup for the, the episode but i mean we can't even get into that right away right i guess we gotta like talk about the you know being the show that we are i think it's only right that we talk about or at least mention uh World War Three, huh?
5: Oh, Christ.
4: <laughs> Yo. How's that whole thing going?
5: How's, so, wh- how's all yeah. that thing going?
4: Well, um, I mean, this episode's not dedicated to that, so, you know, I don't want to speak out of pocket without, you know, reading fully what's what, but more or less, uh, Russia sent troops into the. Uh, rebel controlled regions of ukraine uh vladimir putin did like a hour-long speech and shit where he was uh pretty much justifying going in there so they're doing it as a quote-unquote peacekeeping mission to protect those uh new states that they've recognized as sovereign uh, nations and uh it's kind of everyone's saying it's like a pretext to war what are your What are your thoughts on it? It, it? it seemed like everyone was like really freaking out about it, but then as the day went on, I guess not. But I mean,
5: well, it's not like you know, yeah, sweating. it's not like we're like loading up aircraft full of you know college kids to go over there and drop them out of the plane and parachutes today. You know, people started yeah. freaking out, but it remains to be seen how swiftly, if any, any action will be taken. Particularly, I guess. um... There being pressure from, you know, UK, NATO, other world um, leaders and allies of ours to see what happens with imposing sanctions. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I guess that gives me some Uh-oh. release relief as someone that identifies as anti-war, generally, not really a big fan of the military industrial complex. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. Had-
4: well, those sanctions are definitely going to start flying like hotcakes all over that place, man. Um, I think it that's definitely going to have an economic impact on the U.S., I would imagine. I would imagine with, like, iron and aluminum, maybe wheat and stuff like that.
5: Even if not, they're definitely going to say it is to explain why no one can afford... Yeah. ...anything.
4: <laughs> we need to talk about the inflation shit, too, at some point. Well, we need to
5: talk about the fact that Georgia rent has increased 33% in the last three years. Uh What we need to talk about is the fact that wages are not keeping up with the natural rate of inflation in the first place. Like, if we do talk about inflation, we need to be combating media narratives around the fact that it is to do with, I don't know, workers getting fucking unemployment insurance or some shit. And you know, actually take a look at the fact that these CEOs, you know, we're talking about Tyson Foods or whatever, are getting huge bonuses right now. They're and they the cost of their goods is going up, not just because of inflation, because they're just like paying themselves. They're artificially
4: increasing. I mean, because they're like all these corporations are having record profit years and shit like Bruh. that. So some like a lot. Of, this is they're doing to a large part.
5: They doing it. They right. doing it to. They doing it to us, and then be like, "You see, peasants, you know, like <laughs> this is what this is what you have wrought with your labor shortage. How dare all of you have escaped <laughs> the plantation? Crack down well, by I mean, raising the price of steaks eight percent."
4: On the real though, like, do you think that there's some spite involved in it for all of the the labor shortage though? Say what now? And um, do you, like, on the real, though, do you think there might be some spite in it, involved?
5: Like- um, it's, it's interesting to me to consider to what degree various, um, government policies are latently, like, forms of disciplining the populace, uh, like, cutting off unemployment insurance to, like, force people back into an, an unsafely open economy, etc. So, I mean, I would not be shocked if that were a part of the calculus. Of like something like, oh, let's take okay, at least like let's take advantage of this moment. Everyone's talking about inflation, etc. Yeah. We can probably just drive up the price of goods and no one will notice and everyone will blame it on someone else. So let's get that bag, baby.
4: Manufacture consent with the mainstream media, and then you can kinda, you know. Right. Um well, well shit. So uh let's let's get into you know, we we will definitely dedicate something to talking about that specifically coming up soon but uh what are we talking about today we are talking about higher learning
5: yes i had not i was not familiar with this um film before because i was four years old when it came out yeah no
4: you hadn't seen it like the only
5: yeah i mean all i knew of ice Cube's cinematic uh career was fucking friday and like are we there yet
4: that's crazy.
1: Yeah, bro. I mean I'm not saying I'm not
4: saying you're crazy, but I'm just saying like it's it's fucking wild to to take that in that it's like, man, you know, there's like a whole bunch of motherfuckers don't remember like when Ice Cube and Ice T first started being in movies and shit like that and you know, they actually had some really good ones. But that was definitely one of Ice Cube's better i want to say oh, no, it's loved, not really yeah. the star of it but he's definitely one of his better films that he's oh in. i
5: loved i loved his uh his character his acting in this it was so dope but anyway yeah speaking into higher well, learning. well today we're today.
4: gonna yeah we're gonna be doing kind of a, a kind of review slash analysis and you know dig into the 1995 movie higher learning directed by john singleton starring omar epps Ice Cube, Christy Swanson, Michael Rapaport, and Lawrence Fishburne. And if you look real close, you'll spot some cameos by a young Jennifer Connelly and a young Regina King and yeah. a young Busta Rhymes. It's pretty wild the way the way that it is. I was um, watching an interview with Michael Rapaport recently, and he was just talking about being on that set because like he's, you know, Michael Rutherford's like hip hopped out, you know, yeah. like, so he was just saying I was geeking being on like set with ice cube and Buster Rhymes and shit. So that, that's, that's cool. But, um, we're going to check it out. The movie is about just to give you a little, Oh yeah. There's going to be spoilers in this. So we're giving a spoiler warning, but just to give you a brief rundown before we get into the jump, the story follows three students in their freshman year to a fictional college, Cal- uh, California college called Columbus university. Uh, the film follows their differing struggles with identity and the real world and their storylines you know intermingle and intersect and it all comes to a climax that's pretty tragic and you know I guess the filmmakers are hoping that you get some lessons from it and it, it you know Mariah was 5 when it came out but I was like 12 I think so we had higher learning dubbed on a VHS tape in between like married with children in three's company and shit so it was like a movie that i watched quite a bit when i was younger which watching it now is kind of like eh, but hey <laughs> but um yeah it's a pretty heavy movie it's got a lot of heavy topics uh i mean we're go we're jumping all over the place from like race sexuality rape white supremacy the generational divide class warfare it- it's it's got a lot to it so we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna go down and give our thoughts and then dig into what this film is about and how it portrays like college life and also i think like youth activism um and how that differs from how things are now um so yeah we'll be right back with that after the jump
2: the therapy for black girls podcast is an naacp and webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
0: Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose,
1: It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit.
0: Listen to on purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: My name is Johnny B Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani.
4: I always wanted to be a
6: criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money?
4: Alright we are back So ladies and gentlemen we are talking the film Higher Learning If you guys haven't seen it I mean we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it So maybe you want to check it out And then come back and watch, uh, listen to the podcast But uh, first going into it I've seen it a bunch, and I've got some thoughts, but this being your first time watching it, and then also, for you, another thing to consider between the two of us is that, like, you're watching it for the first time as an adult.
5: Yeah, so, You know,
4: having having done and been involved in the things that you've been involved in, so what's your takeaway from it?
5: I mean, I felt like it was pretty blunt with, like, some of its themes. Like, specifically, I think it's very well encapsulated in the scene where Ice Cube and like all of the black students are chilling at the black hole and he's like and there's the Mexicans and there are the Asians etc in a way that like today you might see more of a nuanced presentation even if you're tackling the same themes of like you know racism and um the stuff like that on a college campus but then there were some subtle elements to it that I thought are really interesting like I mean maybe you could speak to this probably knowing the director better than I. John Singleton... What else did he do, actually? Wait, hold on a second.
4: So, John Singleton directed Boys in the okay, Hood. Okay, never... be yes. directed Baby Boy. He directed that ill-fated Shaft mm. movie back in 2000. I so don't know. So,
5: perhaps was, there was more know. of this in other films of his that I have seen, but I felt like there was, like, a ton of, like, subtle... Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. from the scene where the white students are at the frat party and they're standing around forcing a black girl to drink beer from a funnel with her feet in a bucket of ice and the one dude one white dude pops out and yells let's go kappas like i was like this is both subtle and not subtle about like some real shit about like i think more broadly the abuse of black people (laughs) uh yeah you know stuff like that like this one character i think it was was it remy he had like a white zombie poster in his room in his mm-hmm. in his dorm, I was like, "White zombies." That's
4: actually that's a that's a loaded that that whole scene actually because his okay, you know what? Well, here's a here's a good way to start this, right? How about we introduce everyone listening, give them a brief cap of the main characters of the movie, right? So you've got these three kids getting into college for their freshman yeah. year. So the first character is Malik, who's played by Omar Epps. You might remember him from House or. Um, yeah, house. <laughs> oh, house has been in a lot of stuff. I don't know why I'm blanking out right now, but so uh, Malik is kind of like an outcast. Goes at his own pace. He's one of those characters. There's a cool. There's there's a really on the nose scene to introduce him where the entire school is giving like their school, you know whatever hand gesture, you know, like their school sports team hand gesture, and he's walking in the opposite direction that everybody's standing, not giving the gesture, and he's the only person in the frame who's not doing the same exact thing as everyone else. So to to establish that he's against the grain, he moves at his own pace, but he's a uh, Star Trek athlete, and I guess you could say his arc or his struggle in the movie is he's struggling with um, being... A scholarship athlete and having to study and trying to do good in school at the same time as well as i feel gradually throughout the movie becoming more radicalized <laughs> in in uh, black revolutionary politics with the more things that he reads and the more people that he's exposed
5: to. and that's generally that, that, yeah that yeah fair. yeah and then like the remy guy is like getting radicalized into like nazism and then uh, the main white girl, I forgot her name. Christian. Chris. Yeah, she's Christian. like getting into like feminism. And so, as I'll touch on later, it's interesting these themes and like what they mean about um, the way folks have reacted to the um, consciousness raising or quote, or and or like radicalizing potential of higher education. Um, it's interesting to see those things play on this film.
4: So, um, okay, so let's talk about Malik, right? So, I, I just think that. You know just to sum up his arc it goes it goes from him getting scolded by ice cubes character who we'll get into later but it goes from him getting scolded by ice cubes character for wanting to read the autobiography of frederick Douglass solely for a class to the last end scene he's wearing a black panther shirt and he's moved out of the dorms with he's you know i mean he's he's moved into an all-black dorm and, and and things of that nature so like what's your your Initial like feelings on that character. Do you think that because every every character in this movie, every you know character is like a archetype of something. You know what I mean? Right. So and like, kind
5: of bothered me, but it's also like, I get it.
4: I mean, it's it's you know what? It, it's not like I think if the movie was like an independent film or like a you know like a art house film, I think it probably would have been dealt with like with more nuance and subtlety but john singleton at the time was a big director it was a it was a pretty anticipated film as like his follow-up to poetic justice and stuff so it was like a mainstream movie you know what i mean and i i feel like some of some of those aspects of it like some of the uh clunkiness of it i kind of you know give it give it the understanding that it's like a glossy movie theater movie that they tried to like you know ballsy you know dealing with the subject matter that they were dealing with but you know what i mean it's kind of it's kind of like a a a diet version of some real shit does that make sense yeah
5: yeah it makes sense yeah but i mean i think it's helpful to like with these archetypes then us see ourselves in the characters you know um, like be you know, being with like Malik in the elevator when like Kristen like grabs her bag and like pulls it closer to her. Like we've kind of all been in that sort of circumstance. Uh the professor, I mean, particularly in my experience of working as a writing tutor as an undergrad, like that that whole encounter he has with the Lawrence Fishburne character of like, well, your grammar and shit like, you know, he wasn't good enough, so you got like an F on your paper or whatever though the content was like really interesting is something that like is a very real struggle for people that like professors people of like higher learning um want to discredit people's knowledge based on the way they present themselves um which i think is a huge theme of the movie of just like people discrediting each other based on what they seem like and how they communicate themselves and not necessarily like what the people know or who they are
4: what do you think about some of the back and forth between Lawrence Fishburne's character and Malik? Because uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character is, he's much more of a supporting role in this. I think he's only in like five scenes or so, but he is a uh, political science professor that several different, you know, characters in the movie, they attend his class and they have them as a teacher and they have scenes where they're talking to him, but his main dialogue between uh, Malik and him, I guess, could be summed up as he's like from an older pull it, pull yourself up for by your bootstraps generation, and Malik isn't. Like I think like Malik is like a Gen X version of like how a lot of a lot of young activism now. It kind of feels like. It feels like he's like a precursor character character of that. You know, Malik is what Joe Rogan would call woke. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying?
5: Yeah. <laughs> well really it's what's his name? Fudge? Yeah. Fudge, uh, yeah. Okay, so
4: next next character um, is Fudge. That's all he goes by. There is no other there is no other oh no no. I think uh, Lawrence calls him Mr. White. Yeah. Yeah, Fudge. I think his name is
5: Fudge White, bruh.
1: <laughs> A little too so that, that is much there, Cube's Mr. character.
4: Ice Cube's character—he's like a uh, super duper senior. He's been there for like six or seven years. He's got a giant afro. He's super pro black. He don't take no shit. He parties hard, but he hits the—you know—he's—he's he's knowledgeable in 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 the things that you know he talks about. So, what what are your initial thoughts on Ice Cube's character?
5: I thought—I mean, both—it was both an archetype and like handled pretty like deftly in that it seemed very real like the moment when they're talking about frederick Douglass, and he's like you've only ever read this for school like that's like a real conversation i can imagine someone engaging in and like i think it's like a powerful lesson for the audience even like oh like you could just learn first of all you just learn to learn on your own also like um school won't teach you what you need into it to it yeah. in a sense like you know the importance of self-study thought you know little gems like that i was like okay all right i see you
4: all right so uh next character is going to be christian so christian is kind of a if higher learning were the matrix and the college is like you know the whole real world rabbit hole shit then the character christian kind of serves as our neo You know what I'm saying? She's like the vessel by which this, like, real-world, quote-unquote, situation is explained. She's the fish out of water from Orange County, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't know how to socially interact with people, doesn't know how to get around, all that sort of thing. Um, Her character arc, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know if it's, I guess her character more than anybody else in the movie is the one who's... I guess going through the identity crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets sexually assaulted very early on in the movie, and that kind of sparks her into activism. But then she starts exploring her sexuality. It's not really, it's not really dealt with. I guess like in in. I mean, I think they could have gone in more on that storyline mm-hmm. of her, you know, uh, just exploring her bisexuality. They have some uh, fleeting lines be- or fleeting scenes between her and Regina King where, you know, Regina King kind of expressed... How would you describe that? Like, as playful...
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Playful, uh... Playful bigotry. <laughs> playful bigotry. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, girl, you. I saw y'all holding hands and, you know what I mean, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, what, was, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the Christian character?
5: I mean... I felt like that whole storyline was like, probably sort of problematic and fucked up, frankly. Like, uh, first of all, I didn't realize I was gonna watch a goddamn fucking so- sexual assault scene, so that was super fun. And then, like, the implication that like speaking out against sexual assault will drive you into the arms of a lesbian, like. Thing. I was like, this is pretty whack. Um, that's so. That's not to speak so much of her character as much as like how the characters were written because I presume they were, weren't written by women. So that in itself, it's like, well, nah, what are you gonna, nah. what do you expect? Like, okay.
4: I mean that's that's totally fair that was like i was uh watching it with my roommate who's also lesbian and she had that same ex- like from the moment from the moment that jennifer connelly's character showed up to start consoling her like just the way that jennifer connelly's character was acting my roommate was like oh god damn it are they about to do what i oh, think yeah, they're gonna do and it's do? like the lesbian
5: <laughs> praying on the traumatized like sexual assault survivor like i don't know that's all in the
4: film's in the film's defense just, I'm just... I'm, you better I'm be just watched, it real, fucking watch I, your I, I've mouth, watched, bro. I've, I've watched the movie a bunch of times. Okay. And I watched it a, a few times leading up to now. So in the film's defense, they do try their best within their studio film runtime to have that, like, play out and not be as... You know what I mean? Not to be so... Oh, I don't. I spoke out against sexual assault, and now I'm a lesbian. You know what I mean? It didn't. It doesn't really go quite like that, where it like dives into it like quite head on. But it is again clunky. You know what I'm saying? For for lack of better words. Um, the next character, and this is probably, I mean, just I, I don't know why I feel that this character is probably like the most interesting to me. But is the character portrayed by? Um, Michael Rappaport Remy Yeah Who is uh, Another fish out of water From Idaho But he's much more On like the incel Yes
5: absolutely You know
4: Incel type And he He he's pretty much the inciting incident of the movie yeah so i think in order to explain remy we're going to kind of have to just you know pretty much give you a layout of the movie right yeah so we've got all these different characters that come into the school there's the culture clash there's everyone trying to find their identity and there's this character remy with an inciting incident of him being ice cubes roommate to start the movie he's fudge's roommate and fudge has a uh, party uh the party's raging it's the first day is class so remy calls the campus security to break up the party and that you know begins his ostracization from you know his his dorm and he has to move out dorms and then he ends up getting into fights with frat boys and finding himself walking alone at night and he meets a group of neo-nazis and they uh bring him into their pack um Uh, A run-in with Malik's character leads to him pulling a gun on Malik and then uh, running away and dropping out of school, which leads to a fight off of campus between Malik and his boys in this small skinhead clique. And then a retaliation of uh, Remy going to the rooftop of uh, of a building on campus and shooting into the crowd with a rifle mass so mass shooting before i guess even columbine happened um yeah so he is the inciting incident or it, he he causes the inciting incident of the movie um what are your takeaways from that character
5: i mean that shit's real in how he was portrayed that shit is real fuck i mean he's just like an awkward white boy you know that like just doesn't have any social skills i remember that mit- that moment in the frat cl- frat party where he's like trying to talk to this guy sitting next to him and he looks over again and the guy's gone. Just sort of like (laughs) social alienation. Like yeah, it'll drive people to crazy extremes. I think the isolation of the pandemic has demonstrated that to a T of the way that QAnon, etc. has like taken off because everybody been sitting in their houses bored as hell. Like perfectly normal regular people with social skills that just like didn't have any social interaction got drawn into like Insane conspiracy shit
4: So do you Do you take at all any issue with The With how The movie chose to Do you think the movie chose to depict him Too sympathetically or do you think No I
5: think it's good to humanize that perspective Because those are people And understanding how we How they get into that World is like a really important lesson for us Because I don't know I think it's really easy another, to, like, yeah. You know, Sorry, what?
4: Another interesting... No, another interesting character that's, relate, that, that's related to Remy's character is the character Scott, who's the head of the skinhead crew that brings him in. Because he has this, like... I don't know. It, the way that I was reading it is he's got this sort of... There's, like, this... At least for a, a, a certain portion of the movie, there's, like, this actual like genuine care or concern that he has with like remy's like he's he's upset when remy drops out of school because he's like damn man you shouldn't dropped that you know what i mean like you, you should not have dropped out of school when you did that and he actually tries to like momentarily call you know us uh, uh, prevent remy from uh going out and doing the shooting before ultimately giving him the gun and aiding and abetting him so maybe that's not a good thing <laughs> but i just i just thought that there was something there was something that wasn't Cartoonish, I guess, about Remy's character and really all of the characters to for that example because, as much as everyone was like an archetype, I don't think that anybody was a stereotype,
5: yeah, yeah, in the movie. yeah, you know what I mean? I totally agree, yeah, and
4: and and for me, I mean,
1: it's like I, I,
4: I would have to probably think about it more because I didn't even think about this, this like angle of it, but if I really sat down and assess like just like how i formulated some of my you know worldview just growing up as like a, a preteen and an adolescent and a teen you know i'm sure all of the media and all the things that i like read and saw i'm, I'm sure all that influences influenced it and built that net and knowing how much i've seen this movie i mean yeah i mean like watching it re-watching it now recently like as an adult and stuff there is like a good amount of it that's like man like that's oh that's I, that's where i got that idea from mm, oh that's yeah. that's how come out you know yeah what I mean? like I, I i i there's one thing you know i i i grew up in a half african household you know what i mean mm-hmm. so to to put it nicely like homosexuality especially when i was a little kid wasn't necessarily like the most accepted topic or or thing like that within our household and shit but I remember being a kid and watching that movie, like watching it on my own, watching it with my parents, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, like I remember like, like how it even affected them and shaped like their, like I, I remember like my mother like sneering at some of the lesbian sex scenes and then like crying out when the Nazis are beating up a gay couple.
0: Yeah, you know yeah. what i mean
4: like th- through the, the journey of the movie and shit like that so you yeah, know that's 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 cool for uh, some heartwarming points i guess yeah um so let's let's uh let's get into some of the like topics that the movie kind of touches on because it's all over the place for for film buffs and people who are really heavy on like story structure when they're watching movies and stuff like that the movie's probably a mess you know what I'm saying? Cause it is kinda all over the place in terms of the ideas it's trying to communicate and the themes and all that shit. But we're gonna try to touch on a little bit of those at first. So one of the things that Mariah had down that also was like compelling to me is one of the first real scenes that you you really really breaks down everything, and that's when Ice Cube is breaking down the different demographic cliques within the school. Like, he's he's sitting on the yard, and he's like, over there's Chinatown, and it's where all the Asian students are. And he's like, over there's Disney World, and it's where all the rich white kids are. He's over yeah. there south of the border, and we're the black hole, you know. Um, so, just you being a professor, the statement that the movie made about self-segregation and segregation, segregated uh, campuses and how... You know, Remy makes the line about it seems like everybody's sticking to their own, everybody's standing up for their own. Like, what are, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, I feel like
5: self-segregation point? on college campuses, first of all, I mean, there's a degree to which it's not really, it's compulsory based on just like the the material conditions of various students. Like st- some students can't get into frats. Some students can't um, like afford to live off campus or when they do, they live in like, just not very nice places. And so a way in which like the economics and very varying socioeconomic statuses of students on college campuses segregates naturally. But then I would also say that um, self segregation is somewhat of a defense mechanism for certain groups when they try to venture out and, you know, go to a frat party or go be involved in these predominantly white organizations or you know experience microaggressions in the classroom the best way they have to defend themselves is to like group up and stick together Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah
4: Um, to add to that uh, that, so I told y'all about the scene where uh, Remy and Malik get into a fight and Remy pulls a gun on Malik before he runs away and drops out of school so Malik ends up uh, leaving his dorm you know and his roommate who's a a white kid they, they end up forming like a little friendship off off-screen. <laughs> like you never get to see that friendship really bud, but apparently they're friends and shit. So when Malik is moving out, there's a scene where he's like, "Hey man, you know, I'm not like that. I'm not a white supremacist, blah, blah blah, you're you're treating me like like I'm that guy or something like that." And Malik makes the point of, you know, "Right now, I just feel more secure and safe and comfortable around my own people."
5: Yeah, damn. I mean, that's that's kind of how it is, though. I mean, if you think, I mean, even thinking of like a contemporary and different context example, like, you know, with regards to gentrification, which I'm experiencing a great deal over in the community I represent, like the, the quote unquote infiltration of white people makes the legacy residents feel less safe because of criminalization, they have wild parties. You know, cha- even something as simple as the changing traffic patterns on the street making people feel less physically safe to ride their bikes with their kids, right? And so they just feel safer if if we could just stay segregated mm-hmm. and like not have white people live over here. um
4: So, do you think that that's? Do you think like is what like what is that? Is is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it a just is it a, just a thing? Like, I mean, I like think there's you- a
5: degree to which like um there's so many levels to this, but like. I mean like going back to like The initial form of integration School integration you know even MLK Identified it as like oh I'm not sure we should have fought For this because it's like integrating our people Into a burning house and so um, With regards to gentrification for example It like oh our Neighborhoods are becoming diverse and mixed income It's like well not by choice like people Are being forced to live in people And for for, with people and then forced out Of their neighborhood by these people And there's a, I mean I, I guess There's a sense to which like folks long for the good old days all the time. Like, well, we just wish things could go back to the way they were before. Um, yeah, a part of it is not feeling safe. A part of it is um, because of criminalization. A part of it is awareness of the displacement that comes with um, new folks moving in. Um, there may be a way to which, like, white supremacy is internalized. Like, we want to stay segregated. The same thing with, like, like interracial relationships getting looked down upon. Like, oh, you, you marry aside, outside your, the race. Da, 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 da. It's like, uh, did people not fight for and win this like right? Like, didn't they people pretty enforce sure. anti-miscegenation laws as like a, me- a means of oppression? And so people internalize sure that dogs, shit.
4: Dogs, dogs bit a couple people over that. Pretty sure. Pretty, pretty sure. sure not, yeah. Not certain, but I'm sure. sure. So I
5: think it's a, it's a host <laughs> of factors. It's like anachronistic, just wanting to go back to good old days. Um, very real threats of like you know small scale but very real like violence, and then some perhaps internalized white supremacy. I don't know.
1: It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit.
0: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal.
4: So Okay, so now jumping on to let's jump to another uh, theme that they hit. So this one happens even before the issue of segregation. So this is off the bat like to start the movie off Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character calls up a volunteer which happens to be Malik and Malik goes and starts reading off marked names off of a piece of paper one of the names being his and Christian's man. And after he's done reading it Lawrence Fishburne informs everybody whose name was just read that they have their financial aid didn't go through. Bruh, and brutal, they, they brutal have to moment. get it situated. Oh shit. Like just as a side story, my mom used to tell me like the graduation process in Liberia, yo, they make you do like like you don't know whether you graduated till the ceremony, yo. So like <laughs> like you got like you gotta do like some like ceremony like walk. And if you get there, and you didn't graduate. Like they'll straight up tell you in front of like all your families and friends, you did not graduate. <laughs> you gotta go walk back and sit down. That's just brutal. But anyway, like the the topic of financial aid and students uh, struggling to make ends meet and go to school and stuff like that. That's again, it's it's very loosely touched on. I think the only resolution that you get out of it is uh, like one of the financial aid ladies tells christian that she needs to get a job
5: look so
4: in the night job that you never see her get
5: (laughs) in the 1990s tuition at four-year public colleges was like three thousand two hundred dollars per year um and so this is a time in which like you could conceivably go get a job to like cover your expenses that weren't covered by your parents or financial aid or you know student loans which were still a relatively new phenomena at that time today tuition had well i guess no not even today I'm, we're thinking like 11 years ago tuition had risen 213 percent to almost um two ten thousand dollars per year okay wait no i'm trying to i'm getting my data mixed up okay it's ten thousand dollars per year in 2018 which is still far far outpacing inflation and wage increases and so imagine what that conversation would be for chris Kristen or malik today at the financial aid office be like she's out of luck bud like I take mean, out a loan i don't know fuck sell a kidney in the
4: movie in the movie when they show that sc- they show like the screen the, the financial aid lady screen of how much money malik owes and it's like three g's i'm like yo that's
5: <laughs> can we get some of that right now it, take, it cost can, me three can, grand to be in one class at the university of georgia right now
1: Jesus, One class? no not yeah.
5: even one class it, it it cost me three grand to to be listed as working on my dissertation so i'm not even in class it's just like to qualify that to like tell the school that i am writing in my own yes. time i mean shit
4: should- the financial aid situations. why I, you know, unfortunately dropped out of college. You know, my father wanted to try to pay uh, for school, like, out of pocket. Then he started getting sick and he wasn't able to, so I had to apply for student loans, like, mid-going to school. And I had to get a job, and it was just... You know, I, I was, I was, I was working, I was going to school and I started, you know, I, I started doing things outside that were of actual interest to me. So, there
5: you, go. you know, that's kind
4: of, all right. So next theme that we are going to jump to that they talk about. So, okay. So you mentioned, you know, I should have probably given you a trigger warning, not for real, like about the, the rape scene. My I bad. should have seen about it popped that. up but... on the
5: screen, like in the beginning, like all the different like you know, warning, but like I didn't yeah. really until it happened. I was like,
4: skip, 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 skip. <laughs> so, but I mean, um, just like the, you know, I, I know you mentioned the the aspect of the fallout being the the lesbian relationship. That aside, like the initial her getting raped, her roommate Regina King finding out about it, the incident between her and the rapist on the telephone where he calls Regina King a black bitch, which then gets all the black students to go over to the you know the frat house and 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 pull them out and, and rough them up um what, what what was your like how did you feel, feel that that went down because well, I mean, it, it definitely i'm sorry
5: so i will say that that was an interesting moment that like really underscored the power of like intersectional solidarity so this guy that is arguably misogynist because he just committed a fucking you know s- sexual crime is also demeaning to a black woman that he doesn't even know on the phone. And so the homies roll up and peed his ass because he was demeaning, you know, a black queen, etc. And so it's like, okay, so you got this white girl, you got this black woman, you got these black dudes, like, y'all come together. And sure, they didn't end up addressing, like, what happened to Kristen, but, like, together they could, like, take take action and fuck this guy up. That was disrespecting all of them. Well, you you know they didn't know
4: but you know they didn't know that right no
5: they didn't know that but like like
4: they didn't they didn't know that she got raped she i know that anybody. i know
5: that yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah, 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 i know that. that so um but they all but like oh so all of y'all are getting shit on by these kinds of people yeah you might not even be aware of the ways in which some people are getting shit on but you recognize it's not cool uh because maybe in a peripheral way, someone in your group has been impacted like the regina king character so you roll up and fucking whoop his ass and like
4: no, so, I mean I wish
5: there would have been more justice for Kristen, but like yeah.
4: That is uh, actually one of the the best scenes in the movie too. It's it's a good mixture of like it's you know it's it's like a good dramatic serious, but then also it's got you know there's an element to it that's really satisfying to see the rapist guy get roughed up by Buster Rhymes and Ice Cube. I can't, I mean shit, I just. You hear know, I just said the sentence I just said. Come on, man, you got it. You, you want to see this shit? So okay, so the the you know there's no way that we can touch on every single of the little loose threads that they leave in this movie. But the last bit that I wanted to touch on is a theme that's ongoing. I, I mentioned to y'all how Malik and Lawrence Fishburne's professor character they have a back and forth several times throughout the movie, and for me it seems to be like the. The, the main through line for that storyline between those two is I, I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating this but it's kind of like is, is our issue economic or is it racial?
1: Mm. With
4: Malik feeling that it's a racial issue and I guess Lawrence Fishburne being the older character kind of, you know what I mean more so encouraging the idea that it's an economic class struggle that's going on.
5: It's both. And it yeah. seems to
4: be seems to be like those no I mean obviously it's both. I mean it just seems to be like those two philosophies between those two characters are the ones that are butting head. It never gets a resolution. But at the end of it never gets a resolution. But another cool thing that they did with it is they don't make it like one way or the other where Lawrence Fishburne enlightens Uh, uh, Malik onto, you know what I mean? Onto the class struggle and it doesn't end with Malik showing Lawrence Fishburne that no, it's actually a racial thing. They they go away from the movie with all the things that happen in the movie still believing what they believe, you know what I mean? And just having argued it out throughout the movie. But Malik, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is reading Malik's uh, paper that he's been working on trying to perfect throughout the movie and shit like that, but he gets to this passage that Lawrence Fishburne, while still disagreeing, he like nods with it, you know, happy that Malik is able to express like what is like the ideology that he has and shit like that. And Malik says this passage that I wanted to run by you, Murat. It Says, "It is my it is it is my belief that the Dred Scott decision, if was retried in contemporary American courts, the decision would remain the same." Meaning that a black man, no matter what his class status, would still have no no rights that a white man by law would be bound to respect. The result would be the same no matter what the law of the land states, because it was not written for the benefit of or by African-Americans. The credo of justice and liberty for all is a falsehood.
5: I would say that, I mean, the thing that strikes me about this quote, this passage is that if Dred Scott okay so he's saying if it was retried in contemporary American courts I mean shit Supreme Court today the Supreme Court today he might be fucking right I don't know Um, I mean I think the um, I think that the decision remains the same in practice right Um, no matter what the law of the land states as he says um, because it was not written for and by African Americans it's a falsehood Um, The credo of justice and liberty Justice and liberty for all is a falsehood I mean I think that rings That that feels true to a degree today
4: What do you think about Just the the broader struggle Between class or race
5: I mean that's a fundamental struggle In ideology, uh, ideology today The divide and conquer mindset Of folks that only want To focus on class and folks that only want To focus on race is beneficial To the folks that benefit from both Race and class oppression um mm. that preach the that you know working class white people see you know mexicans and niggers as their enemies rather than the fact that like none of y'all making any money because the ceo of tyson foods is jacking up the price of steaks or whatever eight mm-hmm. percent blaming inflation and buying another yacht um so i think that yeah that that central tension is still with us today in the ways that people argue about what is wrong with society, it is both racism and classism, and often intertwined, um, as seen in the character of Lawrence Fishburne, where it's like if you have a certain class pr- uh, privilege, your race doesn't matter as much in- anymore. In fact, you might emphasize um, your bootstrappingness as a way mm-hmm. of distancing yourself from the people that are oppressed, so that you are like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm not like them. I'm, you know, I'm a self-made man etc yeah. so yeah we, we're still his fighting his characters then. also
4: do you think there's uh do you think there's anything being communicated by Lawrence fishburne's character being of obvious west Indian immigrant
5: no I, so, I wonder to what degree like white people that aren't very familiar with the ways that a p- pressure to assimilate will sometimes produce like right-wing thinking right-wing thinking in some immigrants um, I mean, and some—I mean, the, not to like essentialize their experience. Some folks that immigrate from Cuba or Venezuela, etc., might just be like, "Yo, I saw like leftism fail. I don't want nothing to do with that shit." But then, for a lot of people, yeah. it's like you like you must live the American dream. Like, d- definitely gets in <laughs> people's head that like, "Fuck, I have to be like hyper capitalist and like yeah. ascend the ladder and put my." foot on the boot on the necks of everyone below me in order to like fit in and have made it in society i think that, i mean it could be true for like a variety of racial groups as well but i i i i, I want to say that like his character was an archetype of a certain kind of um
4: immigrant, immigrant of color experience. yeah yeah I, I i think you nailed it on the head that about the you know race and classes. It's, it's obviously both but i gotta tell you yo I, I really, you know, you know how, like, you have that, like, you know how, like, you got, like, that racism radar when, like, some shit's going off and you're, like, it's, like, it's not obviously, like, some racist shit, but you kind of have an inkling in the back of your head, like, man, I think that shit might be racist, yeah. I don't know, something about, like, this new breed of, like, white leftists that's, like, hey, hey. It- the only thing that matters is class. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is of importance. Don't bring identity politics. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. It's, it shouldn't be about race. It's class. That shit to me seems weird. I don't know. It rubs me wrong, and I don't fuck with it. <laughs> like, what, what do you think? Like, am I? Am I just? Is that like me? Just like not really having a full grasp on the issues, or is there something to that? This, it, it, it just feels weird. You know what I mean? I it's like when yeah. you.
5: You're entitled like to that. The, like, yeah,
4: like the so-called leftists that are like, Joe Rogan's awesome. You know what I well, mean? Well,
5: well, yeah. I mean, oh fuck, we're in. I mean, you know what I'm talking danger. about? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, where we at? You well, uh, to, should we should we close it up?
4: Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um you know what just we're just briefly you know this isn't really going to be a music discussion but just briefly i'll mention the soundtrack for higher learning yeah if i gotta give my honest opinion it stinks (laughs) (laughs) it's not good i'm giving up the title song by ice cube higher learning it's it's i i like it you know the the Raphael Sadiq joint on there is pretty fly. I mean the, the you know I, one thing I will give the soundtrack props for is that it definitely tries to capture the eclectic flavor of the movie. Cause like we're talking we're going from Ice Cube and Raphael Sadiq to Tori Amos doing REM covers and Liz Fair. I even think Tori Amos got two songs on that fucking thing, you know what I mean? But, all in all, it's, it's not really that good of a soundtrack. I mean, we, we've discussed some movies before and some movie soundtracks, but just giving it to you real like we we can't we can't cue that music discussion beat to talk about the higher learning soundtrack it don't it don't have enough You just just, yeah yeah. (laughs) all right let's uh i guess that's it for this week yeah
5: so i uh i just wanted to plug i got a a new single that came out yesterday it's called bell ringer um if we could go ahead play it at the end of the show go check it out music videos up on youtube um, you can go to, uh, bit.ly slash LF Bellringer to stream it or go pre-order the album. Yeah, go check it out. That's my rap for this week. I
4: right. got a new video that just came out too for that song, So 912, that I oh, followed yeah, back in yeah. November. Yeah, I just dropped a new video for that. So y'all check that out. I'm, I'm sure Mariah will put the link or something like hey, that in there. Hey, the thing of the thingamajig alright you All right, y'all. I guess get your earbuds ready and get your face Properly prepared to be melted off because we're about to jam that new ling with Frank
5: I ain't never cheated or robbed, ain't never needed a lot of cheese, but lot of mercy, this the hottest heat and I'm about to pop an artery. Lord, I'm thirsty walking in this liquor mart. This Asian lady spotted me like what shit for this nigga start, stick a target. That watery concoction by the strawberries Show me some camaraderie We both have probably seen some awful robberies And know that gory for keeping his sickle sharp
4: The definition of dope Appreciate
5: you Good work my friend
4: Looking for um, The streets is looking forward to this album Everybody's everybody's waiting for it So I'm sure you're gonna knock it out the park With us but we gotta go My name is Dope Knife And you have been listening to Waiting on Reparations Take your sweet time No problem it's cool (laughs) See y'all next week
5: Listen to Waiting on Reparations On the iHeartRadio app